Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. Part of our role is managing your team and being a resource for your team and making it possible for your teams to be successful. So our goal is to help your team meet 80% of their own scorecard metrics. And so they should be able to come to us for questions, problem solving, to have hard conversations, all of those things. That's what we're here for. And by being that resource for your team and being that leadership for your team, they should be able to hit at least 80% of their scorecard metrics. And if we've done it correctly, if they're meeting their scorecard metrics, then your business is achieving, growing, scaling, whatever it is you've decided that you want your business to know. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow boundary breakers, let's dive in. Hello, fellow Boundary Breakers, and welcome to a new episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. Hello. Welcome. You are listening to the podcast that's going to challenge us to take a look at all of the boundaries that are placed on us as women entrepreneurs that hold us back from running our businesses in a successful way. And everything you hear on this podcast is going to be presenting you with different options for bypassing those boundaries and finding a different way to run your business so that it can actually run eventually without you. We have a lot of good stuff in store today for the podcast. We're going to be lifting up and celebrating Alex Bettdorf of Get Shit Done. We are also going to be talking about integrators and how integrators are held accountable. And we're going to close with what's on my mind outside of business, which I have an interesting story for you here today. But first, let us celebrate Alex Batdorf. I came across Alex Batdorf actually from a previous guest of the podcast, Kristen Carbone, She was on episode number 69, so actually not that long ago, Mistakes Not to Avoid with Kristen Carbone. You can go back and grab that episode. But when I was researching Kristen and looking up all of the fabulous things that she's done, I came across this group called Get Shit Done as one of the groups that was instrumental in Kristen's success and is still instrumental. And the group is run by Alex Batdorf and She is a venture-backed serial entrepreneur, and now she's using her experience to work with female entrepreneurs like us to help them get shit done. She's actually the former co-founder and chief marketing officer of something called ZipFit Denim, which was a multi-million dollar e-commerce company that was helping you find your designer denim that fits your body perfectly. 
This sounds very similar to when we had Revel Nation on the podcast, which is an app which I love. Right now, Alex actually goes around the country talking to other entrepreneurs. She's a business strategy coach. And one of the things I appreciate about Alex is she has kind of a focus on getting venture capital and finding investors, which is a topic that I have been trying and trying and trying to find somebody to come talk about intelligently with us because this is just one of the areas we have little knowledge and little experience. And it's one of the areas I'm hoping to improve through our work. So anyway, let's give it up for Alex Batdorf. She has, um, all of her links are in social. She's at shegetsshitdone.com. There's a bunch of resources out there. But one of the resources I was particularly interested in, and I believe that maybe Kristen Carbone participated in was the Get Shit Done Accelerator Cohort. It is a seven-week accelerator program that is supporting high-impact women entrepreneurs and getting results that they need to scale. So you can check out that cohort on the Get Shit Done website. Also, there's the Get Shit Done podcast if you want to head over and listen to a few episodes of Alex's. It is time to get to our content for today. One of the things I've been thinking about recently, as we've been talking a lot about integrators, in fact, This trend of hiring integrators, I'm seeing it really take off among a new population of business owners. When the EOS framework originally came out, we were looking really at the five to $10 million business. And now we are applying this concept to smaller businesses between one and 5 million, which is my sweet spot, to be honest. And then I'm even seeing businesses under a million, even in the six-figure range, who are, if they're not ready for an integrator yet, but they're taking steps to set their businesses up in a way that eventually we're going to get to a spot where we are ready to pass off the work. And that I can't recommend that approach enough. And everything we do here is going to set you up for that type of success if you are not ready to hire us as your fractional integrator. So as we're talking about this, I am getting questions from people about what should they be looking for in an integrator? What should their integrator be doing for them? How are they supposed to be actually holding their integrator accountable? And yes, ladies, even integrators are held accountable. And so what I'm going to talk to you about today is that when we get hired by a client, we actually make a commitment to them. We put our own name on the scorecard with a few items that we are committed to achieving on the scorecard. And it helps our clients and us, of course, know whether we are doing for them what we committed to doing and whether it's beneficial for them to be working with us. So what we're going to talk about today is I'm going to tell you what the items are that we put on our client scorecard to hold ourselves accountable in case They are something that you want to use with your team. And in fact, at the end of the show, I'm going to, well, in the show notes, there's actually going to be a link 
to a scorecard template with these items in them that you can steal from us if you would like to put them on your own scorecard. One of the first things that we have made a commitment to clients for and that your integrator should be committed to as well is your profit. So this means you have to know what your profit goal is and whether you are hitting that profit goal on a consistent basis. Now here at C-Suite, when we are committing to certain profit goals, that means that we have some level of influence over the financial position of the business. And so all of our clients are sharing with us their financials and their financial situation. And in some cases, we are working alongside of fractional CFOs to make sure that we are positioning ourselves to hit those profit goals. So we track profit as a percentage And that goes on the scorecard. And we are actually looking at that number or that performance weekly, monthly, and quarterly. And it's going to depend on the business and how dynamic it is. In some cases, looking at monthly reports is enough. And in fact, most of your accountants or financials, people, bookkeepers, whatever, are going to give you monthly reports. So that may be all that's available to you. But in some cases, if our clients have QuickBooks and those transactions are kept fairly up to date on a daily or weekly basis, you can be looking at something like this weekly. I don't know that I necessarily recommend that unless, again, you have a fairly dynamic business. So we're going to be tracking profit by looking at our financial reports. So that has to be something that you're sharing with your integrator. It has to be something that you're getting on a consistent basis, your profit and loss report. It also is helpful to understand what goes into your profit and loss statements at that point, because the integrator would be able to look at those and to see if something seems off or something is miscategorized or there's something that kind of seems out of place there. The second scorecard item that goes on our client scorecards for us is goal setting. That is one of the primary reasons you're going to hire an integrator is to help you set the right goals in the business to keep advancing you towards whatever that future vision looks like for you and making sure that those goals are getting hit. Because nobody is perfect, we recommend using a percentage number. So let's say 80% is what we commit to because sometimes there are things outside of our control, things that we cannot impact and stuff like that. So we commit to every week or every month, however often you are tracking your metrics, to being 80% on track with your quarterly goals. And when we're tracking our goals and whether we're on track or off track, there's a couple different ways that we can do this. First of all, we use ClickUp to track our quarterly goals. We use ClickUp for everything, actually. And in fact, we run entire businesses off of ClickUp and it's amazing. You can hit me up if you want more information about that or how we might be able to help get you set up with a similar system. So we're using ClickUp. And one of the things that goes in there is when we're meeting with our leadership team on a weekly basis, we're checking in on those quarterly goals. Are they on track or off track? Now, one of the things that we recognize is if you're looking at a quarterly goal, 
even though it's broken down from like, say, an annual goal or for three-year goals, there's still a lot that needs to happen within that 90 days to get that goal done. So what we found was when we're reporting whether we're on track or off track with that goal, as long as it wasn't the end of the quarter yet, we were saying we're on track, even if there was a lot of stuff to still get done. So what we ended up doing is breaking that goal down into even smaller milestones. And the milestones is really what we're looking at on a weekly basis to make sure that we are on track for hitting that goal at the end of the quarter so it doesn't come up and surprise us at the end. Where are my procrastinators at? And this is, I'm talking to you. I'm going to see if I can think of an example to give you for this. So let's say, let's say we had a goal to hire a new employee. Let's say I'm using this because it has been a goal of ours and it's top of mind for me. So we have a goal of hiring and onboarding a new employee. Well, to break that down into milestones, we can, you know, we can do it as, tactical or high level as you want. But at some point, you have the job description, right? You have recruiting, you have interviewing, you have the offer that you need to extend, and then you have the offer acceptance and then the onboarding process start and end date. And so that might be your milestones. And you, if you have a goal of doing that within the quarter, you have to back yourself out from that due date to say, okay, if I need to do that by December 31st, And then on October 1st, I need to have this done. And on October 30th, I need to have this done and and so on and so forth. So you set little mini due dates. And as you have your weekly meetings, you're checking in and saying, are we on track for this milestone? If you're not on track, what will happen in your team meetings is we can figure out why we're not on track, what's holding us up, what do we need to do to get back on track? That is what's going to make sure that you are hitting your quarterly goals. If you're not doing milestones, it can be a lot harder to gauge if you are on track to hitting that goal at the end of the quarter. So back to the scorecard, as we use ClickUp, we have designations on those goals and on those milestones of on track or off track, and they're color coded. And all we have to do is just count and divide and we get our percentage of whether uh, we're 80% on track with our quarterly goals or not. And the reason we like to do this is because it calls attention to, on more regularly calls attention to if we're falling behind and why. And so that's really helpful in keeping you on track. And like I said, this is one of the most important things that your integrator is going to do because if you're achieving your goals, ideally you're going to be growing the business because that's why the goals are set is because we're wanting to advance into a future state. The other thing that your integrator is going to commit to doing and that's tracked on your scorecard is getting those to-dos done. If you head back to episode number 42, no more team meetings that could have been emails, you might get a little bit more insight into what I'm talking about here in terms of measuring and reporting on your integrator's accountability. Because in that episode, no more team meetings that could have been emails, I talk about the components of a team meeting. And the components of a team meeting are you know, you're, we're reviewing the scorecard, we're reviewing our goals, we're reviewing our to-dos, and we're solving issues. I mean, those are the basic components. There's a little bit more to it than that. But when we're solving issues, 
the only way an issue can be solved is if we have identified a next step or we have made a decision. So when we identify a next step, that becomes a to-do. It is something that needs to be done. Now, if we don't assign that to somebody and put a due date on it, chances are it is not going to get done. And typically, a to-do is critical because it solves an issue that is either causing the company to not hit its goals or some critical function is not working or not meeting a scorecard item. So making sure that those to-dos get done is important part of what your integrator is doing. And we commit to getting 80% of those to-dos done on time or on track. So every week when we have our team meeting, very similarly to how we track our goals, we go to our ClickUp, it's color-coded, whether it's on track or off track for those to-dos. And we look and make sure that either 80% of those to-dos are on track or they have been completed on time. And so that is one of the ways that you hold your integrator accountable to keeping your team members on track. The final thing that we put on our clients' scorecards for helping them evaluate our performance is the scorecard metrics themselves. So part of our role is managing your team and being a resource for your team and making it possible for your teams to be successful. So our goal is to help your team meet 80% of their own scorecard metrics. And so they should be able to come to us for questions, problem solving, to have hard conversations, all of those things. That's what we're here for. And by being that resource for your team and being that leadership for your team, they should be able to hit at least 80% of their scorecard metrics. And if we've done it correctly, if they're meeting their scorecard metrics, then your business is achieving, growing, scaling, whatever it is you've decided that you want your business to know. That's it. Those four items. Now, could there be other items on your integrator's scorecard? Absolutely. But as a fractional integrator, those are the ones that we commit to for our clients. Now, if your integrator is full-time or is an employed member of your team, there might be other scorecard metrics and more accountabilities that they have, and those should also go on the scorecard. There is a link in the show notes to a template that we use with our clients for a scorecard, and I've dropped in for you these items and how we measure them on the scorecard. So if you want to grab that and start using it for your own team, you certainly can. I'm going to just call a spade a spade here and tell you we use a Google Sheet. That's how we track our scorecard. And I know a lot of people are surprised that our tracking methods are so simple, but we have tried fancy softwares. We've tried fancy analytics and metric systems, and they don't work because they don't track the things that are important. Just like in this scorecard, what analytics are going to track your goal performance. What analytics are going to track your scorecard? They can't. And so that's why they go in the spreadsheet so you can actually track what matters most to you. And it's simple. What is on my mind outside of business this week? This story is a little bit older. In fact, I think the story came out 
a month ago, back in August, but it caught my attention and I wrote it down. And this is the first time I'm having to chat with you about it. And the story was about the Finnish prime minister, Sana Marin, who has been accused of partying too much. Imagine that. And the reason this story caught my mind is because it's not like there haven't been male politicians out there getting caught with their pants down, literally and figuratively. And we did make a big deal out of it, yes. But in this instance, it was really interesting because when I read about what had happened, which was the Finnish prime minister was out for a night on the town with her friends, just having some fun. Yes, she had a couple of drinks. She was singing. She was dancing. She was probably at a club, I'm guessing. But somebody filmed her without her consent. One of the questions I asked myself is, that seems like pretty normal behavior to me. So what was wrong with that? She's also been photographed in the past. I think there was an instance at where she was at a music festival. She's wearing like cutoff denim shorts and a leather jacket. One of the things that really irritated me about this story, and frankly, I think I would be irritated even if this was a male politician, a male prime minister, is why is this a big deal to us? And the story was that her professionalism was being scrutinized. And I had to ask myself, Who gets to decide what's professional and what's not professional? Who made the rule that a politician leads zero life, does not have fun, cannot wear fashionable clothing? Like who defined that and who decided that? And in fact, one of the questions that I ask myself is why would I want somebody who does not know how to have fun and um, is not allowed to be fashionable? Why would I want them making decisions for me? Because frankly, those people are 100% out of touch with actual reality. Who gets to decide what is unacceptable behavior and what's not? Is it unacceptable for a prime minister to go out and have a couple of cocktails? Is it unacceptable for her to sing? Is it unacceptable for her to dance? Is it unacceptable for her to be in public with her friends, not doing prime ministry things? I don't know. And I also have to ask myself, and this actually really caused me to pause and think about our own politicians here in the United States. And it seems like nobody ever has anything good to say about our politicians. And one of the things that it made me think about was one of my complaints is they're all aged and they're all out of touch with reality. Like none of them can relate to anything that I'm going through in my life or my kids are going through in their lives or my friends or the only people they can relate to are people that are older than my parents. And frankly, that is not the entire representation of our country. And so how is it not beneficial to have somebody making decisions for us who can relate to us, who can relate to what life is actually like and what life is really like? Now, are there standards? Yes. Do there have to be rules? Yes. Is there at some level some sort of professionalism these people need to be held accountable to? Yes. But I'm really questioning, how do we define that? 
How do we draw the line between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable? And is the line different for women than it is for men? So I want to leave you with that thought today. And of course, I'm going to be out on LinkedIn, and I'm probably going to be posting this question out there. And so if you're interested in having this conversation, come connect with me on LinkedIn or find my post and leave your two cents. I'm always open to different perspectives. And that is it for this week. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.